16 in just a moment. And again, our subject that we've been considering on Wednesday nights is God's Word on social media, and really a lot of it's applying to just our consumption and our participation in media in general. Uh, A lot of these things that we're saying will help. I remember when I was younger, I don't know what year it was, probably, I I think I was maybe second or third grade uh, in the 80s, in the early to mid-80s. My parents still live off of uh, Val Vista and Southern in the northwest neighborhood there, and I lived there. And uh, I remember running north and south on Val Vista, uh, which is in, in our neighborhood was north of Southern, running north and south on the... Uh, the west side of the road, which would be the southbound lanes, almost near, probably in the closest lane to the sidewalk, uh, the city had dug a really deep trench um, all the way, maybe starting at Pueblo, which is the half mile mark, maybe even Broadway, I can't remember, but they did a long trench all the way down to southern, at least a half mile long. I remember them doing that. And... um, and, and it's kind of, it's weird because looking back, I remember nowadays I'm even noticing kind of as a side note the difference in how they do construction nowadays. If they do a trench nowadays, they do it a little bit at a time. And if they do a long one, they'll put those braces in there, those metal braces so it doesn't collapse. Because there was times where me and my friends saw trenches like that and we're like, hey, let's go in there. You know, and, and I didn't do it, but I felt a couple times a friend, a couple of our friends did. And then we hear horror stories of how they've collapsed on people. But uh, that's not what my story is about. But there was a, uh, a long trench. And I remember thinking, that is deep. I went walking over to it. And when I looked at it, it looked really deep to me. Now, it may have only been, uh, I would think it was about, I think this is probably eight foot to the ceiling. It's probably eight or nine feet uh, deep. It could have been deeper. Um, but it looked pretty deep to me. And uh, it was probably... Oh, yeah, it was probably, it was at least this wide because of what happened. What I'm about to tell you happened. It was at least about this wide. And um, uh, so it was all trenched all along. So our, our street is Enid Avenue. And so they made it to where they put some kind of plates, metal plates or something where you could still drive over it to get in and out. Maybe it was like one, one at a time, you know, one car at a time. It wasn't real wide. So there was a little narrow spot where we could get in and out of the neighborhood. <clears throat> and I remember... Just every time driving by there in my parents' cars, we're pulling into our um, neighborhood. I'd want to look out the window, see, look down that trench, you know, as we're driving by it. Look down the trench if we're driving the other way. I just always wanted to see what was in there. And uh, one time coming on the way home, I remember coming in. I don't know if it was with mom or dad or both. We're driving, and we're going to turn into our neighborhood going south like this and run it parallel to the trench. And I see some things up there, and I, I don't know if there's an emergency vehicle there already, but I see this blazer, if I remember it, it was like a Chevrolet S10 blazer, I remember it was like a blue color, and it was halfway in there, <laughs> it was, its nose was, it, it, like in fact it crushed right up to the top of the windshield where the roof meets, you know, it's, it wasn't quite wide enough of a trench to uh, eat the whole car. <laughs> But it, it, its whole nose was like that. I don't know if you remember seeing that, Dad, but I remember. And it was just like that. Sitting there, I'm going, whoa, you know, look at that. And meanwhile, Mom or Dad or whoever just pulls into the neighborhood, and I'm like, wow. And uh, the thought came to me is that 
you know, didn't they see that? <laughs> you know, it's right there. You know, there's some cones, there's some, there's a pile of dirt, there's the pylons, and there's a place, apparently they decided they're going to turn in early. I don't know what they did, but they obviously went, you know, they fell into a pit. And, um, you know, those are, they're, that's a pit for a vehicle. Uh, there's pits that you could physically fall into um, in other places, perhaps in war or in a, uh, a jungle or quicksand or different places. But what we're concerned about the last several Wednesdays and then tonight, and we'll into our new subject, is, is the pitfalls that we encounter with media and even in particular social media. There's just... Also, there's also pitfalls that are dangerous that can have lasting effect. I mean, this guy had to probably get a new vehicle, it's totaled most likely. Um, and some people can really make a total mess of their mind, of their, um, their life, their reputation by how they conduct themselves just like this or like this. And what they're taking through their eye gate, you could just devastate your life just like this. Just what you're going through here, through your eyes, and what you say through your fingers could be devastating. It's a pit. So we have to watch out for pits, pitfalls. So you have your notes there where we've gone through some. I'll go through a few others. I did run through them just briefly last week. I want to mention the last several pitfalls, and then we'll go into the back side where we look at principles for using social media. Just as there's pitfalls, there's also guardrails that we need to allow for and follow in life that will keep us out of trouble. So notice, let's in Proverbs, the first thing is if you care to take notes, it's our 13th pitfall that, we've, that we want to be aware of, and that is unhealthy associations. Number 13 on my notes, if you want to take notes on, the note, on your handout, unhealthy friendships or unhealthy associations. So let's look at a, the Proverbs here, a couple Proverbs that relate to friendships and association. Proverbs 13, 20. And, um, and I'll give out some verses here in a little bit. It says, Proverbs 13, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. It's talking about your affiliation, who you buddy up with. You're walking with wise people. It does not go without an effect. If you're truly with a wise person, it will make you wiser. That's why a lot of times parents are looking to see what the effect is of other friends, of their kids' friends on their kids. If it's having a, a net positive effect, then it's, they're happy about it. But eventually it shows one way or another. But he, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. It has a devastating effect if we're friends with fools. Uh, we need to be careful of who we're associating with, who I'm, who I'm, who I'm friending. And, and a lot of times some people friend people as very cheap and surface. But I'm talking about who you're communicating with uh, intensely. Look at Proverbs 22.1. Proverbs 22.1 about <clears throat> a good name. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name. Um, your name, your reputation, what your, your, your reputation is. And, and sometimes the way we put ourselves out there, the way we put ourselves out there on media, we have a name and sometimes our name, watch this, can be good to some people depending on the other names you're bringing next to it. Your name is out there if you're on social media. 
And the other names you pull in, I like this, I like this, I check in here, I check in there, I do this. And all these other things that you're pulling in next to your name is going to say something about your name. We had a guy, young person, come here one time. It was one of our uh, groups that we had during, it was one of our, when we were doing an evangelistic outreach with teens. And a couple of the guys, <coughs> I usually when I find out the names of our Bible time evangelists or our youth outreach guys that we recruit, sometimes we do our own thing. We have done our own. Uh, when I find out who they are, I start searching. What do they got online? What are they, what's, on their, what's on their page? What's on their Facebook page? Because uh, I want to know a little bit about them. Now, I know a lot of times uh, social media pages are what pe- they want you to know about them, which might not be true, but sometimes what they want you to know about them still tells me what I, something about them. And so you want me to know that? Even Okay. And so I looked at a few things, and this one guy had a few things on there. I was like, what? What's this? And so when he came here, I said, hey, what's this? And what's this? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had that on there when I was a teenager, and, and he took it off. It's like, oh, okay, okay. So, you know, sometimes we, we can get into a thing where you gotta, we want to have a good testimony, so if I want to have a good testimony, I got to think, look, I've started 25 different accounts in the last 10 years and people can view certain things. What is, what, what's, what's, what is out there in social media world that's being said about me that I forgot is being said about me, you know? And we got to be thinking about our testimony. But even more so, who are down to, the, even more so to the point about who are we walking with, who are we associating with, who are we affiliated with? 3 John 11 says, Brethren, follow not that which is evil, but follow that which is good. Follow what's good. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, uh, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupts good manners. If you get into that habit of communicating in a trashy way, it's going to come out. It's going to corrupt good manners. If you get in the habit of having bad language, it's going to come out. It corrupts good manners. So we got to watch that in our affiliations and associations. Number 14, developing improper male-female relationships can be a pitfall to our social media and other types of kind of like sub-non-traditional forms of communication like telephone and letters. Those other uh, forms of communication, we got to be careful about developing improper Male-female male, female relationships. Follow me now to 1 Corinthians 16, or 6, 18. First Corinthians 6, 18. It says, flee fornication. Flee Sexual immorality. Now that's going far. That's going to the all the physical immoral act. Flee fornication. The best way to start fleeing it is to not flirt with it in the first place. Developing improper relationships. I, I don't know if the, this probably still happens, but it just seemed like 10, 15 years ago, I would hear just stories here and there as a pastor. It's like, oh yeah, they, they, you know, there was this couple, and then this one, his wife just got hooked up on some old boyfriend online she found from high school. And uh, next thing you know, they're divorced, and she divorced him, and she's going to marry this old high school guy that she, she found online. And you're going, man, it's okay to find an old high school friend, but man, you don't have to, there must have been a little bit of too, too uh, 
close of communication there that broke off a marriage covenant. And that's not, that's not good. So that can happen. That can happen. Somebody stirs up an old flame from high school or college or you're flirting. Or some people, there's pedophiles out there. Uh, we got to watch our, you know, our kids, our teenagers, where they're, and that's another point is that we have to constantly, what is my kid on? What are they, and it's a lot of work, parent. <laughs> what do you learn? What is this app again? What is this? You know, if they have a phone at all, you know, and it's a lot of work being vigilant. What are my kids on? Well, there's pedophiles out there that pose as perhaps not being, you know, you could have some 30-something-year-old guy or worse or, you know, he's acting like he's a 14-year-old teenager communicating to your 14-year-old teenage girl on some media platform. And, and um, there's pedophiles out there. It's there. It's there. I, you know it, but I just want to voice it out loud as your pastor say, we got to watch out for that. That's a pitfall, definitely. All right, so no, that's a typical. Number five, 15, a huge pitfall is pornography. Huge pitfall. It's infesting our whole country. It's infesting this country, unlike any other time. Um, so let's look at some scriptures that, uh, that speak against uh, the idea of... Pornography literally means viewing of fornication. Viewing sexual immorality. The word porno, pornos, is the same word as fornication, sexual immorality, which is really a general word for any kind of sexual deviancy. And graphy means paper. You're viewing the graph, the the graphic of it. It's infesting all of us. So let's look at, follow me to Psalm 101, verse 3. I'll give out some scriptures to read, all right? Psalm 101, verse 3. Uh, Let's see, we'll start at the back here. Ernest, you want to read that for us? And then, let's see, let's have Stefan do Matthew 5, 27 and 28, and then Adam do 29 and 30 of Matthew 5, okay? All right, so we have Ernest doing Psalm 101, verse 3, Stefan doing Matthew 5, 27, 28, Adam 29, 30, and then let's have uh, uh, Steve Cecilini do Ephesians 5, 3. All right, these are relevant passages to the passages to the concept of pornography that is viewing immoral things. Go ahead, brother. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. Shall not please the man. All right, listen to the language and the verb there. Setting. I'm setting something before my eyes. And the, the psalmist before social media had ways of setting things before his eyes or putting his eyes set on something. He says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate that. He says, I hate the work of them that do that, that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. I don't even want to go there. I don't want to get, get it to stick to me. All right, let's hear the passage that Jesus spoke about in regards to adultery and doing something drastic to avoid it. Go ahead. Not that 
So Jesus said for a man, he says, if a man engages, the law says if a man engages with a woman sexually, that's not his wife, it's adultery. And Jesus said, it's adultery in your heart if a man engages with lust with his eyes with a woman. That's, that's adultery in his heart already, Jesus said. And he follows it up. And if thine eye offend thee, if thy, he uses this drastic language, pluck that eye out Cut that hand off. He's using hyperbole, I believe, showing a, make a drastic decision that perhaps other people wouldn't make to avoid that sin. And Brother Derek and I were talking with somebody that was struggling with this uh, recently, and, and uh, they, they, you, don't, you don't have to do this decision, but they had a, one of the social media platforms, and Derek says, you should just cut that off because he knew what this person was struggling with was tied to this one social media platform, and Derek says you should just cut it totally out and get a very antique phone. Um, now, again, that's drastic for that person. Well, that's what Jesus says to do. And some people have to do drastic things like, I, you know, I mean, maybe that other people wouldn't do. But regardless, we, we're responsible. So, okay, so online, on social media, you think, oh, it's just a, it's just a cool little, you know, um, what you know, the Instagram or the or the whatever the other ones are. It's a, whoa, what are they doing there? What's this coming in my face for? And you have to like, wait, why is this here? Do I have settings I need to change? Do I, what do I need to do? Um, do whatever it takes, or don't have it at all. And so, uh, we're just trying to be honest here with the Bible about this, uh, with with our life as it relates to the Bible on this issue. Uh, let's hear another scripture here, Steve. Okay, so my wife can go and, anybody if you wanted, and you can view my history of different things, YouTube and Google and uh, all the different search ones, and there's a uh, covenant eyes that I have that we could do, and there can be things named on here. And there's things that can be named on yours, and there's ways that, uh, in fact, um, we have a Chromebook for our boys that I use for school, and I got it to where, I mean, I'm trying to be, I'm being very vigilant with it, but it, no matter what, just worst case scenario, if they get on there and say, oh, I'm just going to erase whatever I've done or whatever I see, uh-uh. I can find a, I have kind of the master record of what's happening, and it can't be, you know, I can find out. Well, for us, let's just say this. But all trash and fornication and all kinds of uh, this stuff that we just that we're thinking about here, that we're talking about here, any kind of sexual immorality, let it not be once named in our browsing records as become saints. Now, look, let's be honest. Probably some of us have struggled with that in here. Many Christians are. Many Christian men have. Maybe some are now. But let's say that. Let it never be once put on my browsing record, not once named in my activity, in my reputation, not once. I want to have a determination to not once have that be named. And, uh, and if it has been, God forgive me and help me start new from this day forward. That's what we should do. I mean, that's our choice. And, but that is a gigantic pitfall. And sometimes, if it's not gigantic, it's a well-disguised pitfall that some people don't know they're approaching. But it's taken up a lot. It's, it's swallowed a lot of people. 
Number 16, gossip and unproven accusations. This is a pitfall that I realized, I didn't realize, until I started thinking about this whole subject of our Christians' online media activity and other people's online media activity and mine, I started thinking about all the things that take place and I started thinking, you know, one sin that we do, that I see people do, is they make unproven accusations to the whole world online with their name attached to it. These conspiracy theories that are unproven. Naming some, some politician, some crazy thing about this politician that's not even proven. I don't care if they're a Democrat. That is not right to lie or to say unproven things about anybody. It's wrong. And that's a pitfall we can get ourselves in because we're like, we're just, we're just behind a keyboard. Once again, nobody's going to show up here. It's America. It's freedom of speech. But it's wrong. Let's look at, let's look at uh, Leviticus 19.16. Leviticus 19.16. Oh, the, the, the verse before it even helps. Let's look at Leviticus 19.15 and 16. Leviticus 19.15 and 16. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. You know what God says about, the, that's kind of prefacing the next verse, but you know what? If you're going to say something about somebody, call it like it is. <laughs> if, a, if a person that you don't like is doing good, say they're doing good. If a person you do like is doing bad, we can say they're doing bad. Just call it like it is. You don't respect the person. You don't uh, respect them because they're poor. Over, you know, overdo it, nor overdo it because somebody's mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou discern, judge thy neighbor. Now as it relates to um, tail-bearing, it says, giving, running our mouth. Look at verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down. That's what it means. You're going, you're doing this activity as a tail-bearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Don't go up and down as a talebearer. A talebearer is somebody that's just saying things that's not proven, uh, not proven facts. Let's go to Proverbs 26, 22. Proverbs 26, 22. And it says, what's in the wrong chapter there? The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Um, just spreading rumors about people, spreading um, accusations that are unproven. That's that hurtful. Uh, let me just I have a couple thoughts. I remember I, I talked to, by the way, it, when bro, Brother, I was just thinking of Brother, these lessons we're getting on Sunday morning. We're going to have a part A, part B, or part one, part two of the tongue. Man, that was convicting for me. 
as I'm hearing, in a good way, as I'm hearing Brother Adam just lay out the Proverbs. Here's what it says here. Here's what I, it's very helpful and convicting. We can get ourselves in a lot of trouble with our mouth. With these, these speak too. Okay, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. I, and, 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 and we're all vulnerable. I Even uh, one of our... I had a pastor I was dealing with one time, and he said, he started talking to me, and he's, he accused our, one of our mayors that we had at the time. Uh, oh, he's, he's divorced and remarried, and he started saying, I said, no, and he named the mayor. I said, no, he's not. I know, know that guy. Oh, no, I think, I said, no, he's not. <laughs> and he, I think he had been telling people that in his own congregation, that the current mayor that we had at the time was divorced and remarried. Now, if a person's divorced or remarried, I'm not saying that's a problem. I'm saying he was spreading something about some, a mayor that wasn't even true, that he never even verified. And then sometimes we'll get, um, you know, sometimes you'll get a, an email sent to you, you know, some juicy email or a, or a Facebook post or something, and it's like some juicy conspiracy or some person being basically accused of some heinous thing, and you're thinking, is this proven? Christian, if you, have, if you don't have two or three witnesses, then don't post it. We're going to give an account of some of these things. I know it's easy to hit send or publish, but that's scary too. It's people's reputation is being put out there. Oh, they were behind some massive bombing or a 9-11 cover-up? What? That's a big thing to say. I wouldn't want somebody putting me out there about something. And there's a, so it's just, I, I realize that we have to watch out on unproven things. It's like, we know the Bible's proven. We can definitely put that out there. We know some of the things that are, um, you know, hurting our society right now. The sins that are hurting our society right now are hurt, indeed hurtful and against God. We can put that out there. But we got to be careful about about that, and it, and it is a pitfall because it's so easy to just throw something out there. So let's be, let's just resist that. Number seventeen. Two more pitfalls we got to avoid is addiction. Um, being addicted to, really, you can get addicted to anything. You know, people can get addicted to all sorts of food. There's common foods you're addicted to. People get addicted to um, medicines. Um, you know, people are addicted to these illegal or synthetic drugs. Well, people can get, we can get addicted in a sense to our phone. Now, I'm not saying that you're accustomed to using it, but it's like you, it's, what do they call it? The fear of missing out, whatever that acronym, fear of missing out. You know, a lot of the teens have that, you know. Uh, where's my phone? I have this fear of missing out on something, you know. And, um, well, we can be addicted like that. Let's follow me, follow me to 1 Corinthians 6. 12. And Brother Derek, you want to read 1 Corinthians 6.12 for us? Wow, did you hear that? He's saying, Paul's saying, I can do all kinds of things. And he's talking in the context was meat and drink and stuff. He goes, there's all kinds of things I can have and do. But I'm not going to get where I'm under the grip of it, under the power of it. And um, 
I guess an inordinate amount of activity in anything is usually an indication of an addiction. So we got to be careful. It's like, am I, am I, am I, am I, is my relationship suffering right now? Is my attention always thinking of that thing, that, that social media platform? Well, that might be a sign of an addiction. I've got to be careful, and I cut it off. Let me read this here from this book. It was helpful. He says it in relation to a phone. I thought these were helpful questions. Just, just take them personally. I am as I'm reading them. Listen to He says it in my far, smartphone because this is kind of based on phone. This book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Listen to these questions. These are good to ask ourselves. <clears throat> um, do my smartphone habits expose an underlying addiction to untimely amusements? Do my smartphone habits reveal a compulsive desire to be seen and affirmed? Do my smartphone habits distract me from genuine communion with God? Do my smartphone habits provide an easy escape from sober thinking about death and the return of Christ and eternal realities? Do my smartphone habits preoccupy me with the pursuit of worldly success? Do my smartphone habits mute the sporadic leading of God's Spirit in my life? That's interesting. Do my smartphone habits preoccupy me with dating and romance? Do my smartphone habits build up Christians in my local church? It's a legitimate question. Do my smartphone habits center on what is necessary to me and beneficial to others? Those are good questions. Do my smartphone habits disengage me from the needs of the neighbors God has placed right in front of me? Those are good questions, aren't they? That's good for me. Well, an addiction, you know, we're, 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 um, we're just too much. You know, there's this phrase called too much, right, that we use. There's such a thing as too much. I'm doing this too much. I'm thinking about this too much. You know what Jesus said about the Pharisees and the scribes? They're very religious, but he says, you know, deep inside your life, you're full of excess It's in Matthew 23, 25. There was something that was excessive in their life. First uh, Timothy 3, 3 says, In the last days perilous times shall come, people are going to be incontinent. That is, they'll be, they will be uh, overindulgent. First Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3, 3. Let's just read it. 2 Timothy 3, 3. It was predicted that one of the characteristics of a dangerous time or a perilous time what makes it dangerous what makes it perilous without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent that's the idea of being excessive you're given to excess you're given to extremes fierce despiser of those of those that are good so i guess that for us is a kind of the best the verse that helps me the most is what brother derek read is when paul said I'm, going to be, I'm determined not to be brought under the power of any. Can we fast from a phone? Can you fast? Have you ever done that? The digital fast. You know, just turn it off or whatever. You just put it away and, you know, for a day or for whatever and make sure, you know, somebody, if there's an emergency, somebody has, they can actually call that thing that's wired to your house if you still have one, called a regular phone or whatever, you know. Um, it'd be good. It's good to fast, to see if, you're in, if your body's in subjection, your mind's in subjection. All right, so addiction. And then the last one, last pitfall is just, and this kind of covers, this can be, you should probably see this by now, is that is idolatry. 
we can get to where this is the idol I, I bow to or whatever device. It, you, you, it's like it's, it's got me captivated. Now, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Is God captivating to us? Is God captivating to you? He should be. I mean, if you're like, look at this amazing creation. There's a more amazing God that made it. And we get to know, this is, these are the, there's a limited number of words He's given to us that He wants us to ponder, to know Him by. God should be most captivating to me um, versus my social media. You know, it, there are fun and interesting things and another funny video and all that and everything. But God should be first. God should be what's prominent. God should be my best thought, as we've said. 1 John 5, 21, the very, very last verse of 1 John. John says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols. Should be that God's first. God's first. The first one I seek. The first in my day. The first in my week. And the first in my pay. God first. God first. The first one I seek. The first in my day. The first in my week and the first in my pay. That's what we should have as a motto for ourselves in, making, in having God first. Now let's just do this. Um, I'll just do one, just one principle for using social media that's on a positive note. Everything, just as there's pitfalls in life, there should be guardrails in life and borders in life and boundaries in life. And here's one that will help us. If I'm going to communicate on social media, the first principle I should remember is to communicate Christ communicate Christ. Acts, I can either be Acts 17.21 Christian or an Acts 17.23 Christian. I'll summarize each one of those. In Acts 17, it's a big forum. There's Paul, the Christian, in all the secular minds, the Athenians, smarty pants. And Paul's there, and the Athenians, their habit is to do nothing except just say some other new thing and another new thing and another new thing and exchange ideas and really never get anywhere. But Paul, when he got into the public platform and when he had a social media voice on that moment, he said, hey, guys, and he took one of the things that captivated them, all the altars. He said, hey, look at all those altars. I see that. He took one of the things that was in their culture and he said, look at this. I see when you got to the unknown God. That's the one I'm going to tell you about. And he preached Christ by taking an object in their current culture and turning it to the gospel. And that's how I need to, you and I need to find a way to do that. It's like, it's okay to see what people are captivated with, and if it's something innocent, it's not, not a moral issue, take it and bridge it to Jesus Christ. So if I'm going to use social media, I need to find a way to put Jesus in my, on my social media outlets and communicate Christ just like Paul did in his day. That's what we need to do. And we'll pick up on the rest of this, Lord willing, uh, next week.